Daniel chapter 5. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of God and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall, near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Then he said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells, and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified, and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now I've heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you'll be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you'll be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. Your majesty, the most high God, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor because of the high position he gave him. All the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox. And his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the most high God is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. But you... Belshazzar, his son, 
have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You have had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines, drank wine from them. You praise the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, parson. Here is what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple, a gold chain was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in, in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, thank you that you speak clearly through your words. Would you speak now as we look at this together? So we hear your voice clearly. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it was the event of the year. The Fire Festival of 2017 was billed as the ultimate luxury music festival on an island in the Bahamas featuring luxury accommodation, gourmet dining, top celebrity guests, influencers and celebrities queued up to advertise it on social media. Tickets were sold starting at a few hundred dollars, going up to several thousand dollars. The hype was real, but the reality was a massive disappointment. So having failed to secure a suitable venue for the festival with just months to go, the organisers made do with a disused car park, which they set about trying to transform into a luxury destination with just weeks left on the clock. When the time came, ticket holders turned up. They were greeted by huge muddy puddles, no celebrities in sight, accommodation in basic tents that were falling apart, and far from gourmet food, it was just bread, cheese, and a few lettuce leaves in a plastic box. It was the party to end all parties, but it ended in disaster. And the organiser, Billy McFarland, was sent to prison for fraud. And he's recently been released. And he's already been on social media announcing plans for Fire Festival 2 <laughs> at the end of next year. So if you missed it the first time round, you have another chance. Well, here in Daniel 5 is, is another party that everyone wanted to be at. Here was the host that everyone wanted to be associated with, King Belshazzar himself. So time has, has moved on. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, we've met King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, last time we saw he was humbled, he was forced to live like an animal. And historians tell us there were other kings in between, but now follows one of his successors and descendants, Belshazzar. And he throws what turns out to be one of the, the wildest parties in history, but perhaps not for the reasons that he would have hoped. 
So um, there's no writing on the wall, I'm afraid, on, on the projector screen this evening, just on the handout in front of you. But if you want to follow, I've got two headings. First of all, the king who wouldn't listen. The king who wouldn't listen. So, so far in Daniel, there have been some consistent themes coming through. We have a clash of kingdoms. The visible human kingdoms ruled first by Nebuchadnezzar, kind of all-powerful, unchallengeable, totalitarian regime. You know, what King Nebuchadnezzar wanted, he got without question, or at least that was how it seemed. But Daniel is then focused particularly on these relatively insignificant Jewish exiles, people who've been dragged out of their homeland and into captivity in Babylon. So there's Daniel himself, whom God has given a miraculous ability to interpret dreams, and there are his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And with them, we see God begin to peel back the curtain so we can see what's really going on. So, as we've seen before, chapter 2 onwards, up to chapter 7, is written in Aramaic, the language of the nations, as a way of making the point that these chapters are a message for the nations, for God's enemies, if they will listen. A point uh, for, for, for God's people, who, who are the first listeners, not to be overawed by these enemies, but to stick with the God who will humble and destroy his enemies in the end. They need to know that there is a true king who is all-powerful, whose kingdom will truly last forever, but this true king is not King Nebuchadnezzar. He's not the whatever king is ruling of the empire that they can see and are part of. This true king is the God of Israel. And in chapter 2, we heard the dream that revealed what was going to happen. Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom would be taken away from him. Successive empires would follow and fall in their turn. But then a kingdom would come and that would never be destroyed. So the message is, so far, make sure you're right of the, a part of the right kingdom and that your ultimate allegiance is to the right king. So chapter 3, the fiery furnace. Realise that not even death itself can stop God's people from belonging to him, being protected by him. Again, the question there in chapter 3 was, whose side are you going to be on? And then chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar is humbled and forced to realise that he's not as great as he thought. And now as we begin chapter 5, the point is that we might expect Belshazzar to have learnt a lesson or two from his predecessor. But straight away we see he hasn't at all. So he still has access to the gold and silver goblets from the temple, which we read about in verse 2 and again in verse 3. And, you know, this is the ultimate sacrilege, to bring these, these vessels into a, a banquet like this. They belong in the temple in Jerusalem. They've, been, they've gone into the temple, they've taken all this stuff in, in, into exile. Now they've just using them for a wild party. You know, it's like sort of flag burning or something like that, or taking the crown jewels and melting them down to make cheap jewellery to flog in the market. So they drink from these holy vessels. In verse 4, they praise their gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood and stone. So the question is, Belshazzar, has he learnt nothing from what has happened so far? Well then... Something extraordinary happens. So suddenly, verse 5, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall 
near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. So this is a party with an uninvited guest, the God of Israel, the creator of the world. And Belshazzar clearly knows something is not right. So he says, help me. And there's a lot of to and fro, but then the queen suggests, get that guy Daniel. He's been so helpful in the past. So Daniel is brought in. So fast forward, verse 16. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you, Daniel, can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So can you see Belshazzar's kind of trying to retain a sense of pride and control in the situation? You know, I shall, I shall employ Daniel as my man to solve this problem. And the way I'll show I'm in charge is by paying him handsomely and promoting him. Isn't that sort of how things work? You know, the way to keep someone in their place is to make it clear they're an employee, not an equal or, or, or worse, a superior. But Daniel is having none of it. Do you see verse 17? Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. And then he talks about Nebuchadnezzar, the king who came before, from whom Belshazzar should have learnt a few lessons. Everyone feared him. He was truly great. He could do anything. That's what we see, verse 18, 19. He could put anyone to death, spare anyone, promote or humble anyone he liked. But, verse 20, when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride... He was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox. And his body was drenched like the dew of heaven, with the dew of heaven, until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets them over anyone he wishes. And that's what we saw last time in chapter 4. But then we get to the punchline. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines, drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand, but you did not honour the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. So, can you see? This is the king who would not listen. It's not that he was ignorant. It's not that he hadn't had a chance to hear about who God was and is. He'd had plenty of chances but he chose to ignore them. And we're going to think a bit more in a moment about how we can be exactly the same if you're not already thinking about that as you hear this. But first we need to hear the second point as the story comes to an end. So secondly, the God who numbers days. The God who numbers days. So let's hear about the writing on the, the wall. Verse 25. Many, many Tekel passing. 
Now, those words are slightly cryptic in that it's not exactly clear what they mean just as words. They sound a little bit like the Aramaic words for numbered, weighed, and divided, but they're not exactly those words, so it's a little bit strange, but it's okay because Daniel is here to tell us exactly what is meant by them. So, he says, mene, verse 26. Here is what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. So you thought, Belshazzar, that you were set for life, that nothing could challenge you and your reign. But there is a God who numbers days. And he has numbered your days and they end today. Do you know there's a national lottery draw called the set for life draw? I don't know if you've ever entered this. Do you know what happens if you win? You get £10,000 a month for 30 years. So I wonder how many people who win that kind of, you know, that prize must be absolutely delighted. I wonder how many people realise that the real question isn't whether you are set for life, it's whether you're set for death. When our lives could be taken from any of us at any time, would we be ready for that? Because for Belshazzar, the problem then is what follows. So, Tekel, your life has been weighed on the scales and found wanting. So, imagine hearing that. This is a guy who is literally the king in any room he walks into. That's who he is. He's the king. He can expect people to hang on every word he says, to do exactly what he wants. You know, the kind of... Um, King Jong-un, you know, the pictures of him walking around in North Korea. Everywhere he goes, he's got people walking behind him with notebooks to write down anything that comes out of his mouth. Imagine having people hanging on every word you say like that. That's the kind of figure that Belshazzar is. Surrounded by people telling him how great he is. All the time, every day, without fail. But God says, you've been weighed on the scales found wanting so think about what we so often aspire to or or secretly long for in our lives as God continues to peel back the curtain in these chapters to remind us of what is really going on how does this change our priorities for our lives see does it matter in the end how much money we make or how far we get in our career or what kind of car we're able to afford or how big our house is Belshazzar was weighed and found wanting. And then the punishment is described. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. This is the end of the Babylonian Empire that seemed like it would go on forever. There's a half-hearted attempt by Belshazzar to reward Daniel for his interpretation you know you you can be third highest ruler now you know brackets I'm still in charge of course but that very night verse 30 Belshazzar king of the Babylonians was slain and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62 nice little detail there at the end and so the question for God's people as they read this all those hundreds of years ago as the first readers. And, and, and the same question for us now is this. Are we getting the message of the book of Daniel? 
Because as with all of God's word, there is a real danger that we hear it and we nod and we say, oh, that was really interesting. We might even take detailed notes, which is a great thing to do. But for what purpose? You know, so we can file all this away under sermons we've heard or so we can actually do what God is telling us we need to do. In the book of James in the New Testament, James says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That was Belshazzar's attitude. The key words in this chapter are back in verse 22. You see these words at the end there? Though you knew all this, he knew it. He knew, Daniel 4, the, verse 37, those who walk in pride, God is able to humble. He knew that, and he did nothing about it. See, it is possible to listen to sermon after sermon, week after week, nod along and smile, but on the inside, in our hearts, still to be determined to live as the boss, to want to be in charge of all the decisions in our lives, not to be prepared to hand over the keys to the God who made us, to turn and trust in Jesus, who died on the cross and rose from the dead and offers new life if we will simply turn and trust in him. And we need to, to hear and take the warnings here very seriously, if that is us. It's easy to think, oh, I'll leave the decision for another day, for a future date. I want to have a bit of fun first. Well, no, God is the God who numbers days. None of us know how long we have. So that is one warning we need to take seriously. But even then, perhaps it's true that we, you know, we put our trust in Jesus. Well, if we're honest, we know that the world around us is still really attractive. So we, we, we aren't tempted maybe to praise the, the idols of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone like Belshazzar and his friends. But our hearts can be tempted and sometimes captured by pleasure, by escapism, by comfort, by money and wealth, by power, by academic success, by having people speak well of us. And we will do anything for those things. We will bow down and worship those things and say, I'm living for you. I'm going to orient my life around this thing that I so desperately want well we need to hear this warning God is going to judge and destroy those idols they won't last and they will destroy us if we let them and the danger is like Belshazzar we know all that we've heard that before we've heard it a million times but we won't let go and we won't change well, okay, if we can see that that is us, what can we do? The power to change, to turn our backs on those idols and turn back to God, well, it isn't in us. It's in the gospel of Jesus who died and rose from the dead. The one who lived the perfect life, who knew exactly what it was to worship God alone with his whole heart, mind, soul and strength, to give the honour that was due to his Father in heaven. And he not only knew that, he lived it. 
He said no to sin and he said yes to his heavenly father daily without fail. And in his perfect obedience, he went finally to the cross and died in our place, taking the punishment we deserve. And he rose from the dead to bring the new life that we can't live in our own strength. And so the way to turn from our idols and start living that new life in him is to begin with confession, to throw ourselves on his mercy, to say, there is nothing in me that will deal with this problem in my heart. But it's in him. And so we say, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm like Belshazzar. I know all this. But I confess my heart is still captured so easily by these idols. Help me to see that more and more clearly. And in doing that kind of confessing, being honest about ourselves and our lives and what's going on in our hearts, well, sometimes it's helpful to talk to a trusted friend, a church leader even, to to talk and pray about these things. But as we do that, we do it knowing confidently that God welcomes us when we turn back to him. That in the gospel, in the power of the Holy Spirit, there is power to change. It's not in us. We won't be able to do it by ourselves, but it's in him. And if we ask him, he will give that to us. To say no to sin and yes to him daily. We don't need to reach a day where our lives are weighed and found wanting and we receive what we deserve. When we trust in Jesus, we can be confident we will be safe in him on that day of judgment. We will receive what we don't deserve because of him. And so because of that, we can start living that new life right now. So let's pray and then let's and do that. Let's be quiet now and reflect on that for ourselves. I pray. Father, we know our hearts are captured by idols. We do not give you the honour you deserve. We do not honour the God who holds in his hand our lives and all our ways. And we know that that leads to destruction. We know all this. And so instead of just carrying on, we want to stop and turn and cast ourselves on your mercy as you invite us to do. Because Jesus died and rose from the dead. Thank you that that verdict that he did not deserve, that guilty verdict of being found 
wanting was pronounced on him in our place instead of us. And so because of that, we can come and cast ourselves on your mercy and find forgiveness and new life. And so might we walk daily turning from sin and idols and trusting in Jesus and living that new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.